welcome to a special episode of Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we're coming to you live-ish from our apartment where mm-hmm. we are all quarantined, as, as are you, hopefully. We hope that you are staying home. And safe. Uh, but we are coming to you fresh off of the final episode of Will and Grace. Yeah, so we're wa- we just finished watching the revival finale and then also a Will and Graceful farewell, which was the TV special that followed. Which was actually quite well done for a, a TV special. It was. We were a little sad not to be included. Yeah, rude. You know, but whatever. But neither were any of our competitors, so that's fair. I don't, don't want to play favorites. I don't want to be that person, but like, I feel like we need to start marketing ourselves as like the first Will and Grace <laughs> podcast or something. Just because we definitely did like some deep Googles before we started this podcast. I remember that. And we were like, oh, no one's doing this. This is clearly an untapped mm-hmm. market. And then like six months after we started, it was like... Will and Grace and vodka happened. Maybe or whatever. we were part of like the decision. They were like, "Well, there's a podcast, so like we need to bring the show back." And then they were like, "Oh, this podcast did not jump on it," and we're like, "We're sorry. We lived in Milwaukee. We couldn't do it. Yeah, we tried." Um, so we don't really want to talk about the special as much, although it was very well done. But we love mm-hmm. to just kind of chat about the finale episode. And yeah, giving us feely feels. Yeah, feels feels. Now, as you know, as longtime listeners to the show. I am not a longtime Will and Grace watcher, so this is the first Will and Grace finale that I've actually seen. Yeah, it's kind of weird for Matthew because he did never—he's not seen the original finale yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what happens in it because, obviously, sure, um, it's been twenty years. Never almost seen from it in the retrospective, like yeah, like he's—he's he's seen. He knows what happens in it. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, we're and we're still going to continue recapping. We have to recap season eight still. Mm-hmm. Of the original so show. So we have one more season of the original series left. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was struck by is, like, knowing uh, knowing as much as I know about the actual finale, it was so interesting that the revival is its own thing now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like you don't think about it when you're watching the revival, but, like, the characters who were a core part of Will and Grace at the time when the original show aired are really not a part of it anymore, except for the main four Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been replaced by characters who have kind of, in, over the last three years, come to fill that same kind of role. Yeah. Um, like, we get to see uh, Jack's husband pretty mm-hmm. regularly. Estefan. Estefan. Played by Brian Jordan Alvarez, who is, like... Just so adorable. Such an icon. Yeah. Um, and McCoy makes a comeback, mm-hmm. which, it, which is hit more hit or miss. But, like, you have that level of, like, these are characters that we've grown to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um. The only classic Will and Grace character we see is uh, Minnie Driver's character. Yeah, Lorraine comes Lorraine back. Lorraine makes a quick appearance, mm-hmm. um, and Stanley and Karen get back together, although offstage. As always. As always. I would have loved it if it had been James Burroughs coming on and being like, I lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> that would have been funny to me, but uh, I don't think James Burroughs is that kind of director. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk through some of the things that happen in this episode. Mm-hmm. So Jack finally makes his Broadway debut. So exciting. And what I also love is like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't get the sense this happened in the original finale. We get a little loving tribute to the fact that Jack is a complete disaster and has had 800 jobs. Mm-hmm. No, that's not really, from my memory, it was not really a thing that was like recast in the original finale. But so it's it's this very funny recurring bit where like, He's like, this is my dream job. And they're like, what about you owning a bar? And he's like, oh, yeah. And they're like, and your job at the rec center. And he's like, do I still have that? No. No. Maybe. 
it's such an amazing bit. Like, it, it, it feels like a bit that is an iconic Jack bit, and yet I do not think it is. I think it is only in this one episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way it is delivered sounds like it's, like, Jack McFarlane's iconic moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it, his catchphrase. It was up there with, like, a just Jack sort of moment. I wish there had been a just Jack. Well, we were moving on from Just Jack. I also think that probably Sean Hayes doesn't like Just Jack. Because probably not. He has too many producing polls now to like. If that if that wasn't a thing, it would have been in the revival. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's especially funny when like they cut away from the bit and then they come back to it later, and mm-hmm. then he's like, "Blah blah blah." I would know. I'm a nurse, and he's like, "Am I?" Am I? No. 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 Like, it's... Oh, it's so great. It's beautiful. Um, so, that's what... And then Jack makes his Broadway debut. He's, which is sweet. He's the, what, fourth understudy for Salem? Yes, because there's a, there's a very long bit where it's like, uh, you know, the actor who plays Salem number five is sick. And they're like, oh, so you get to go out. And he's like, well, no. The first, the first understudy, and then the second understudy. And if both of them go out, then I am only one person away from going. <laughs> yeah, and it's very funny. Um, but it's great. I mean, everyone's just very ill. Mm-hmm. It's a little too prescient, but none of them have the coronavirus. Someone, one of them did have like a, a, a respiratory infection or yeah, something. So. And I was just like, ooh, that was a pre-corona joke. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of a nice little ending to Jack's storyline. Yeah, but it's like, it's good because it's like not an ending. It's very mm. much so like a beginning. Yeah, like I feel like none of the characters really get left on like a full conclusion. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like their story continues on after the series is over. Yeah. Um, like for example, Karen's plot this week is following up on last week's plot, where she learns that Stanley is still in love with her. Yeah, and so he like asks her to meet him at the top of the Statue of Liberty, which is apparently where they had their first date. Hard to believe with all those stairs, but okay. And also the fact that we are led to believe that Stan has, like, 4,000 pounds of human. We're also weirdly not in the part of the Statue of Liberty that I'm pretty sure you could actually go to, because I, I don't know. Karen's is. rich. I think we can just assume that she paid someone off. Good point. Um, Good point. But, yeah, so she's waiting up there, and she's waiting, and, and Stan doesn't arrive at first, and it's very, he's not coming, and... Then, yeah, it's very, he's not <laughs> and then it's like, oh no, she's alone on a building by herself. That's scary. But then a chopper arrives in restricted airspace. <laughs> a real stand move. And he like sends down a ladder. It's and- very beautiful, but also like bad. I don't know. Like it's not very romantic, except for the fact that like in the end he sends down a box, and inside the box is a note that says like, "I love you. I want to try again. Let's get married again." Yeah. And it's it's sweet. It's a little understated, but it's mm-hmm. you know. But considering that we've gone how many episodes now without ever showing Stan on screen, like mm-hmm. it would be weird at this point to bring him on. Yeah. So yeah, that's Karen's plot this week. Um, I guess we'll talk about the the main plot, which is the Will and Grace plot. Yeah. So last week we left Will and Grace um, deciding to buy a house in. Blattsville? It's Karen Walkerville now, actually. Actually, I think it's Karen Walker Land. Uh, <laughs> that's probably true. That makes more sense. Um, whatever it's called, they're moving to upstate New York. Yep. Um, which is kind of a weird ending for them since they love the city, but you know, they don't have a whole season to decide that they like living in New York, unlike mm-hmm. uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Um, but what is what's kind of interesting about this plot line is, um. Like, I feel like because it's the 
they're having a kid together. Like, we've already seen, like, elements of this, at, like, in earlier seasons. Like, I feel like it seems like the plot line is going to be really about the kids and the baby and the move, and it's really not. Yeah, it's really very much so about Will and Grace, mm-hmm. like, as people. Which is a smart choice. Mm-hmm. Not disputing that. It's just an unusual choice because yeah. usually the show goes out of its way to not have Will and Grace be people. Be people. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, one of the things that will keeps like repeating throughout the episode is like as they're packing up the apartment people start to reminisce and he's like no mm-hmm. we're not looking back we're only looking forward like to a sort of militant point yeah but like that's that's very will of him to like yeah. pretend like the past doesn't exist um what i liked about this episode is that i feel like for so much of the show's history it is grace who keeps finding men and trying to like leave her partnership with will over them yeah um, and I think for a number of reasons, that's been a little bit more even in the revival, but it's been more consistently like Will is the one who has like the real stable partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this episode, we see Matt Bomer come back for a hot second. As McCoy. As McCoy. Um, and he has returned to New York and there's this like kind of specter hanging over the episode of like is- Will knowing he's there and Grace being like, go get him. And he's like, no, we're moving to upstate New York. Right. And she's like, I don't want to hear it in 20 years. But you're like, I should have gone to get him. Like, it's, it's good because, like, it's a plot line that does get, like, the meta of this show. Which is that, like, Grace is right. If Will doesn't make an effort, um, it's going to be a problem for their relationship. Yeah. You know, because it has been a problem before where one of them has pushed the other one into refusing a romantic partnership. Yeah. And so this sh- this the series finale kind of tries to like have its cake and eat it too a little bit. But I think it does it pretty well actually. I mean like I don't like McCoy as a sure. character, but as like removed from McCoy as a person, as the idea of Will being able to be like no fuck that I choose both. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that he's like no I'm still moving. Yes it's going to be me and Grace and our kids together, but like I can also still have a boyfriend. Like, and, and I think you you said it best. I I like that. Fuck it, I can have both. It's yeah. not that. It's not that Will chooses someone else over Grace, which would be absolutely bad. But it's also not Will chooses Grace over someone else, mm-hmm. which I think is more in keeping with what the show has done, has done, or or has rejected over time. Like yeah. I feel that the show's lived in one of those two camps. Yeah, I mean, even the original finale is kind of it bridging that gap mm-hmm. because it is grace choosing someone else over will and then will being like fuck you yeah and then they don't speak for 20 mm-hmm. years and then they figure it out well and knowing the pitch of this episode and knowing that matt bomer was coming back i was really expecting that the show was just going to do the opposite yeah that, you know it was going to be a situation where will and grace were at a crossroads and one of them could pick another person and they're like no i'm gonna pick grace but what the episode does instead, which is really nice, is that it, it leaves it really open-ended. And Will's like, I'm not staying in New York. This isn't changing. But, like, I'm not saying no to this either, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matt Bomer, because it's the last episode, is like, that's fine. Yeah. Because it is fine. He does say something that, again, I don't like McCoy as a character, so mm-hmm. this felt very preachy coming out of his mouth. Yeah. But it was something I think that the show sort of needed someone to say, which was that, like, the gay guy can have a Prince Charming, too. Yeah. And, like, again, I thought it was a bit much coming out of McCoy's mouth because McCoy is a dumpster. Yeah, who, like, just emotionally manipulated Will, like, a whole bunch. Like, a whole bunch. Like, he's, like, a level of, like, a Grace early season boyfriend. Yes. But 
I think that it is a valid point that the show is making that he doesn't have to choose this life with grace absent of romance. Mm -hmm. Like, by choosing this with grace, he's not, like, playing house, as the characters are often accused of doing. He's making his own family, and that family may somewhere down the line involve a partner. Yeah. I I thought that was really nice. It was kind of subversive. It was kind of... It was... The, sh- the revival finally got to be as subversive as it always dreamed it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. But in, like, the tamest way possible, which is so Willie Grace. God bless. <laughs> it was just like, what's the most vanilla way that we could be, like, queer? Like, <laughs> it's, it is genuinely very nice. And I, I love that the show has finally found a way to say, fuck it, let's do both. Yeah. Um, And I, I think it makes sense to come at the ending. You know, I mean, like, you want that tension for narrative effect all the way through. But I'm very happy that these characters have found a way to move on and move into a new stage of their lives together, but not to the exclusion of all the other things that they want out of life. Yeah, I think it's also really telling that, like, Will and Grace don't exactly have separate plots this week. No, it's very much this. It, they're they're together. They are a unified force in this plot. Yeah, the only thing that's really happening with Grace that isn't happening with Will is that at the very beginning of the episode, she thinks that she's in labor. Mm-hmm. It turns out to be like Braxton Hicks contractions, but then at the end of the episode, she is in labor. Yeah, and I I think most Will and Grace shared plot lines feature Will and Grace in opposition to each other. Yes. Um, or like competing against each other for a similar goal. And this is a nice episode because they have the same plot line, but they have really mostly the same goal. Yeah. It's just, like, slightly different views of it, and Grace has to be the one to say, Will, you deserve to say, fuck it, I want both. Yeah. It's very nice to see Grace sort of encourage Will to seek out McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, McCoy, tra- absolute trash bag of a person. Don't sure. like him. There's but- a much better man waiting for Will in Karen Walkerland. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Um... But it, it's nice to sort of see her champion that. And then even, like, bring it back to when he's like, I, but we made all these plans together. And she's like, yeah, and you'll do this for me when it's my turn. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that I think the show has always wanted Will and Grace to be, but was a little afraid mm-hmm. to, like, actually do it. Yeah. Like, the show's afraid to let Will and Grace not be harmful to each other. Yeah. Because it creates tension in a really natural and easy way mm-hmm. for them to be in opposition. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I would have loved to see a season where Will and Grace were, like, just, like, I think of it like Parks and Recreation, where, like, on Parks and Recreation, all the characters were building each other up. And you don't really have that same spirit of competition that Will mm-hmm. and Grace has. Yeah. Yeah. But I think overall it's kind of a nice bow on mm-hmm. the revival, which was sort of its own thing, but yeah. sort of... Not, different it was like a cancer but like a sexy cancer <laughs> i'm very intrigued to see how it compares to the finale once i've watched that the original finale mm. because i am it's very different it's very different from what i know and i i'm sure it is to a certain degree a response to that finale mm-hmm. but i think in that it's it's not hitting the exact same beats in the same way i feel like it's also it's rejecting that finale by not engaging with it you yeah. know like it's like i don't want to have this argument anymore that argument is 12 years in the past. I'm having this new argument. Yeah. The other thing I really loved about the episode, and I think, again, having not seen the finale, I can't speak to how that resolves this, but I feel like, so the title of the show is Will and Grace. And I feel like at the end of the episode, Will and Grace have this talk, and they're like, we're not going to be just Will and Grace anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, 
on a meta level, that works really well because it's it's the ending of the show. It's the last moment when it's Will and Grace. Yeah. And after this point, it's going to be Will and Grace and baby number one and baby number two, mm-hmm. who do not have names. They do not have names. Which doesn't make sense. That is weird. Maybe their names are Willow and Gracie. Maybe. There was someone in the the TV special that followed where they said <laughs> they named their kids after Will and Grace and their names were Willow and Grayson, and that was cute. Yeah. But... I don't know. It was sweet. It was sweet. And then, of course, it's immediately followed by Jack and Karen getting into one last slap fight. Sure. Because it's it's still a physical comedy show. It's still Will and Grace, the show. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it it was a nice acknowledgement of the fact that they're not going to be Will and Grace anymore. But that... The, fa- the fact that they phrase it as they're not going to be just Will and Grace anymore mm-hmm. kind of also speaks a bit to, like, the cultural impact that the show has had. Mm-hmm. Um, because realistically, since the show went off the air, it has never just been Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the show is kind of bringing that into the actual narrative of the show by introducing a new generation. Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing, too, is that, like, with the original finale, like, you have an ending of Will and Grace because they aren't friends anymore, but then they get back together at the end. And I feel like this is such a more organic and natural and in keeping with the spirit of the show way to say, this is the end of the Will and Grace era, and now it's time for something else. Yeah. It gave me feelings, dude. It gave me feelings, too. It was was an experience. Do you want to buy a four-bedroom house with me now? Think of how cheap real estate's going to be when we finally are allowed to leave our homes. I mean, I don't want to do it right this second, <laughs> but I'd think about it. Okay. We could also big love it and get two houses with a shared backyard. That could be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still really like our duplex idea where we get a duplex and one of us lives on one floor and one of us lives on the other floor. That sounds nice, too. And we share a backyard and a porch. Mm-hmm. And I get a dog. Yeah, then you can have a dog and I can have Eliza, who will live forever. You're going to be one of those people who tries to clone the cat when she gets old. No, but it's really tempting. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't. I would just be sad every time I looked at her. And then I have to drown the clone in the river. I mean, give it to a good home. Also, the clone kitten wouldn't be a hardened street cat. It wouldn't. It's a totally different cat. (laughs) Eliza, too little. Oh. Sad. Someday I will die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I think that's... Yeah, I was going to say, I have to help Tess with an existential crisis now, so... <laughs> I think that's it. Um, but thanks for tuning in to our extra special finale, finale episode. Yeah. Uh, we are hoping to be back on the airways with regular episodes soon. We are taking our corona hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're trapped in your home doesn't mean you're in a good headspace to make uh, fun entertainment content for the internet. Sometimes it means that you're actually in a very bad space for that. <laughs> But we are uh, we are excited that you listened to this episode, and we are hoping to bring you new content soon, since we have one more season of Original Will and Grace. I can't believe we're on our last season. That's kind of giving me feelings, too. Yeah. This has been such a big part of our lives for a long time, and it's, um, we're in the, we're the, at least, a last stretch. Yeah. So. Awesome. Tess, do you want to tell people where they can find us? I absolutely can. If you're like, I need me some not a couple content during the quarantine. Uh, the best places to find us are at our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. Um, but you can also find us on Tumblr and on Facebook as Not A Couple Podcast. And we have an email address, which is notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. You are listening to this, so you know one of these things. But if you want to tell a friend, you can recommend our podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. 
All right. Thanks so much for listening to our extra special live-ish episode. Uh, hope you enjoyed the Will and Grace finale as much as we did. Mm-hmm. And we will hope to talk to you soon. Hi. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded live in front of an audience of one cat. Eliza watched the episode with us. She thought it was purr. This episode of Not a Couple was sponsored by the naming rights to Will and Grace's children. They clearly weren't sold, which doesn't make sense because I'm sure NBC could really use the cash. 